Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshe Emmett Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Vayigash, Joseph versus Moses, Utilitarianism versus Ideals. You know, when I work with wedding couples or stand under the chuppah, there's a word that I often use, which is beshert or besherta. That whole idea of meant to be, that when I look at the couple, it almost always appears as though these people were meant to be together. The way that they kind of balance each other and all of that, the way that they share certain values, all speaks to me about what some people call fate, I would call it a divine hand, but either way, that this wedding was somehow, or this relationship was meant to be. Are you a believer in that idea of Bashirt? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, I, I don't really believe that we have one person we were meant to love. I think so much of, of it is an accident. So much of it is coincidence. At the same time, I really like to believe that there are forces out there that bring us together. So I'm really still like too much of the pragmatic, cynical journalist to believe that all these things are meant to be. I often tell couples that it's a useful tool to think in terms of you live as though it was meant to be. Mm, that's nice. And that that's the only way to really fulfill it. In other words, we embrace an idea as if, whether it's factually true, I don't know that for a fact, but that's what faith is about. But the reason I even bring this up is because when we read our portion this week of Vayigash, it is kind of a story that is so perfectly played out, it's almost Shakespearean, that Joseph's brothers are caught in a famine, and they suddenly find themselves standing before the brother that they cast into a pit and sold into slavery. And it's a test of Joseph and how he's going to respond to them. But God doesn't really appear in the story as a driving force. And yet somehow you have the sense that God is somewhere in the background pulling the strings somewhere or arranging these opportunities. And it really raises the whole question of God's role in history and how we understand that. Are some things just meant to be because God is doing those things? Or is it just happenstance that we label Spishert? Well, what's interesting to me is that you said earlier that, uh, you know, this is what faith is about. And if, if it means that you believe that God is responsible for everything, then that would also suggest that you have no control. And that would offer you the out to do nothing, to take no action of your own, to take no responsibility. And that doesn't really work. Uh, it seems to me, it seems to me that, that faith has to be a two-way street. And, and the fact that if you believe, as you said, if you believe that this is the person you are meant to be with, or this is the cause that you were meant to dedicate your life to, and that you believe God has arranged that, and that faith compels you to act, to make the person the, the love of your life, to to treat that person always as the love of your life, to fight for the for the cause with everything you've got, then it makes perfect sense. It's not a mystery, right? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right, but I think that that self-fulfillment is not unimportant. And I, I also want to say that you began kind of in a binary way. You said, well, either you have this idea that everything is prearranged, which sort of takes away human agency or not. I would say that that's not the Jewish understanding. The mm -hmm. Jewish understanding is, is that God places all of these opportunities in front of us 
But like Adam and Eve, which is the kind of the archetypal story, we have to make a choice in that moment of how we're going to respond. And God gives us that opportunity. And the question is, are we going to rise to that occasion in that moment, understanding who we are and what our potential is? And and the story of Joseph is a great example of that, because Joseph is going to rise to the occasion. He is going to test his brothers to see if there's been a change. But when he sees that they've changed, when Judah comes forward and puts his own life at risk in a way that he didn't do when Joseph was thrown in the pit, now that Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin, is in danger, Joseph then is convinced that something's changed and he reveals himself. And so he doesn't have to do any of these things. The story could have been the brothers show up, Joseph is the grand vizier of Egypt, and says, no, you don't get anything, go starve to death. Or hey, do you remember me now? I'm going to repay your kindness to me and put you in the dungeon and throw away the key. End of story. And by the way, if you actually have an honest conversation with yourself, I'm quite sure that those would be options that any of us would consider in that moment. The fact that Joseph doesn't do that is really remarkable. But because he doesn't do this, he opens himself up to the opportunity of what can be in consonance with God, which is how the Bible understands it. I'm not sure that we do, but that's how the Bible understands it. Yeah. And in all of these situations that you're describing, there's agency, there's the the human decision. Do you follow through on this or do you not? And in every love story, right? In every one of those marriages that you've performed, there was a moment when you could have walked away or you could have just not even gone up and spoken to that person that you saw or were introduced to, right? So there's human agency in all of this. And that's where, you know, the faith comes in, I think. Are you the kind of person who pursues the opportunity or who doesn't? There's a very famous rabbi that's Sadoka Kohen of Lublin. And he said that at its deepest level, faith is the belief that life is meaningful and that things happen for a reason. So I guess the question is, do we take a nihilistic approach or a fatalistic approach that, well, it's just we don't have any any control, it's all fate, and we can struggle against it or we can simply accept it, or you can say, I'm a player on this stage and what I do matters and can actually change the course of history. Yeah, and I think we saw an expression of that um, in the outpouring of joy, uh, at least in my neighborhood, with the election that just took place. Uh, there was a feeling that maybe this happened for a reason and maybe this is our time to reclaim our stake in our democracy. You know, people voted in record numbers. And you can look at this and say it's a period of great darkness. We have this pandemic. We have this horrible state of the economy. But people seized the moment and said it was time for action. And I think it's the same uh, expression. That that's an act of faith that, that we believe that this is worth fighting for. I would suggest to you that is a uh, legitimate point of view. But by the same token, if you want to accept that as part of a, a larger plan, you might also say that the election that took place four years ago was a different expression of the same idea. I would go along with you on that completely that we don't really know in the moment what these things are meant to be or what God has in store, but we have to accept it all as part of the great big swirl of chaos and think about what we can do to to shape that chaos into something meaningful. Well, what does our American destiny really mean is the question that, that I think is posed. And I think that what's clear from the election results is that this country is very split on what that means. And this is not a landslide 
and people are going to be in the courts for a while, and there will be recounts and all the rest. Not that I think that it's going to make one bit of difference, but it's telling you something, that we remain a very divided country. And part of the election result isn't who won, but how will they use that opportunity to lead to bring us closer to what we can be as Americans? And how do you judge that? Do you judge it from a financial standpoint? Do you judge it from one segment of society? How do you judge success is a real question. And Joseph has a moment where he sees himself in history and sees that he has an opportunity, and that opportunity is bigger than he is. What he represents is bigger than he is. And I think that that has always been what the presidency is about. I think we can debate the last president and how he saw it. But going forward, that's the question, right? What's in the best interest of this country and how do we go forward as one nation? That's, um, that's our destiny and it's, it can be beshared. But the question is, what do we do with that opportunity when we have it? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think we've been divided for a long time and we've been working harder to divide ourselves, it feels like. And I'm not saying that one side or the other is to blame for this. I think that we have, um, we've built a system around division and not looked for ways to come together. And we need to heal. We need to get together again and learn to listen to each other. And I don't know. I sound like I'm being uh, naive and pie in the sky here, but, um, I do think that we have more in common than we have a different. Well, for sure. And I think part of it is a certain humility that not one of us has all of the answers, but possibly together we can find them. There's a Hasidic story that tells us that there was a man lost in the woods and he was wandering for hours, maybe even days, and he was despondent because he had put a mark on a tree and realized a few hours later that he was just walking in a big circle. And he gave up, and he was despondent, and he began to cry, and he sat down on a log in a clearing, and when he looked up, the unbelievable, there was a man, another man walking into the clearing. He jumped up, ran, and hugged him and said to him, oh, my God, you're going to save me. I've been lost for hours. And the man began to laugh. He said, you know, I'm lost also. I've been wandering around. And the first man began to cry again. He said, oh, my God, now we're both going to die. And the other person said, well, here's what I know. I know the way I have come is not the right way. And I know the way you've come is not the right way. And maybe together we can find our way. And maybe that's the story that Joseph told. And maybe that's the story for our day as well, that we can, that things can be beshared if we will it. I like that. I like that story. Well, let's hope that we embrace our destiny. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Rabbi. 